1: Fellas, it is mailbag time. We're going to get into all these questions. Make sure you're going to keep putting mailbag questions in the chat. We're going to get through as many as we possibly can. Thank you all, as always, for submitting some fantastic questions. We had a super chat from Irish42. Thank you so much, Irish42. Really do appreciate it. Have you broken down the film on the preferred walk-on commit? A, a little bit, Irish42. He So... So we're talking about uh, Mr. Southall, who is out of IMG Academy in the 2024 class, wide receiver, who just announced yesterday that he was committing to the University of Notre Dame as a preferred walk-on. His father, Cornelius, I believe Southall, was, was a player for Notre Dame in the 90s. So he's a legacy recruit. I have watched him a little bit. I would say this about Southall. He is a talented athlete. I think he brings a really nice profile to the table. I mean, he's 6'1", 180 pounds listed, has some pretty good verified numbers as well. It's just about, you know, the maturation as a talent is continuing to move forward. I think he's a little bit more complete than he is pure football player right now, which is probably why the preferred walk-on designation is on him right now. But I'll tell you what, man, Notre Dame's preferred walk-ons, and this is from a full-scope program perspective, they are taking massive steps forward because you heard us talk in nauseam. I'm sure 2023. Notre Dame was able to get Luke Talich in the class. They were able to get, obviously, as a preferred walk-on, excuse me, Jordan Faison in the class. They were able to get Henry Garrity in the class. Players that had legitimate scholarship offers. I mean, so, because I'm trying to remember the, the offer list real quick. So Luke Talich had offers from Washington State, from Utah, from Oregon State, Jordan Faison had a football offer from the University of Iowa, on top of being a fantastic uh, lacrosse player. So Notre Dame, I mean, it, they are bringing in some incredible, incredible talents from a preferred walk-on perspective. Think about, forget about just the scholarship players. You know, adding a guy, in my opinion, like a Xavier Southall, like that's that's legitimate, right? Like you're you're getting faster all around the field, even from your walk-on program. So I really think that it was a nice get. Again, it's more about development now moving forward. I don't think that he's going to be as as I don't think he's necessarily going to look like Jordan Faison early on, you know, in his Irish career. I remember people were talking about Jordan Faison getting legitimate minutes this year. Like I don't think see that from Xavier Southall, but I do think I, I do see a a talented athlete that I think has some upside moving to the next level. So I was excited about it, man. I think that's really cool. I mean, anytime you get a legacy commit, that's pretty neat. But also he's a player that has some athletic upside and brings some traits to the table to get excited about. So Notre game ups the preferred walk-on program. They continue to get stronger everywhere on the field.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate – Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply need to hire. You need indeed.
2: The game Notre Dame fans have been waiting for all season is here as the fighting Irish get ready to play the Ohio state Buckeyes. And if you're still looking for tickets to this Titanic battle Game Time is the place for you. They take the stress out of buying tickets. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theaters near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football basketball, baseball games, concerts, comedy shows, theaters, and more. The Game Time Guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code IRISH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code IRISH for $20 off. Download the GameTime app today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. That's GameTime.co. We had... Another super chat. This one was from
1: Isaac Atkins. Isaac, thank you so much. I think Notre Dame wins the matchup in the trenches, which wins the game, twenty-eight to seventeen. Well, Isaiah, we'll be able to we'll be able to break down obviously the game throughout the week. What I'll say about this is I understand Notre Dame's like for Notre Dame fans' concern. All right, and I'm having some connection issues. We'll just have to work through it, folks. My apologies, as always. Winning in the trenches, Ohio State. I'm much more worried about no Ohio State winning in the trench, in other spots in the trenches. I've watched Ohio State over the first couple weeks. Ohio State's offensive line is very good. I mean, sorry, Ohio State's defensive line is very talented. JT Tui Molau, excuse me, Jack Sawyer is a talented kid, although he hasn't really put it together yet. You have Michael Hall, who's a talented football player inside, Ty Leek Williams, Ty Hamilton. You have a really good defensive line for Ohio State. Very talented. Offensive line wise, I don't know what anyone has seen over the first couple games that would make me feel worried about Ohio State's offensive line. So I, I, I just push back Isaac for me. Like I, I push back at least halfway there. There's no, does Ohio State's defensive line worry me in some instances? Sure. It does. I mean, in some areas. Like, I worry a little bit about Pat Coogan, Zeke Corral, and Rocco Spindler working against Michael Hall and Tyler Williams on a snap to snap basis. Sure. But am I worried about Josh Fryer and Josh – I think it's Josh Simmons, the transfer from San Diego State, and those types of cats defending Notre Dame's defensive line? Not necessarily. I think Notre Dame has a lot to prove still with the defensive line, but I'm not necessarily worried about it, so – I mean, yeah, we'll we'll see. I, I just I, I push back. I, I don't think that the advantage is going to be won by Ohio State convincingly. Yeah, I'm um, yeah. So that's just my perspective, Isaac. We'll we'll be able to work through it the rest of the week. But I, I mean, I, I don't know. I haven't seen. I just personally haven't seen anything from Ohio State's offensive line that makes me look at it and say like, oh man, they're they're going to win the battle convincingly. I, I just don't see that. I think it's going to be a good football game. I think it's going to be competitive on either side. I also just – I don't think it's going to be an 11-point outcome in this instance, right, like 28-17. I think for me it's like more – You know, I think it's going to be a close game going either way. I do agree with you, though, in the sense that I do think that who wins in the trenches is going to be the difference potentially in the football game. I think we see eye-to-eye there. I just don't know if I would say that Ohio State has like the clear advantage. So – Hope, hope that makes sense. But, yeah, it'll be interesting though, Isaac. I hope you tap in the rest of the week, man. We'll be able to break down all the great players Ohio State has, all the great players Notre game has, and how everything stacks up. So thank you for the Super Chat, though, man. I, I, I really do appreciate it. Thank you so much. We had our weekly question from John Marinich. Odds they flip Caleb Beasley, or he flips Caleb Beasley. I guess it's talking about Deuce Knight being a Tennessee kid or being a Mississippi kid that has the Southern ties, whatever. John, I I know know people keep asking about this one, right? They keep asking about Caleb Beasley, and they keep asking about Justin Scott. For me, like, this is is where I am with these two players, and this is kind of where I'm going to end it, right, is that I keep – these players are the two that keep getting asked. The Caleb Beasleys, and I get it. Caleb Beasley definitely had or has interest in Notre Dame. Justin Scott obviously had interest in Notre Dame at one point. I would just believe it when I see it is kind of the thing. Like I, I, I do not think that anything has been verified from Caleb Beasley's side of him definitely coming this weekend for one two, even if Caleb Beasley and Justin Scott both came, let's say I think that Caleb Beasley would be the more likely player that you're able to flip down the line than what Justin Scott is. But regardless, I think both would be are going to be difficult. I just, I I just wouldn't hold my breath with it, man. That's all I'm saying. Like the Justin Scott stuff is dead at this point, in my opinion. Uh, Do you have more of a chance with a a Caleb Beasley than Justin Scott? Yes, you have more of a chance. But I don't think that it's a very big chance as of right now. I hope I'm wrong because Caleb Beasley is tremendous. I would love adding Caleb Beasley with Leonard Moore and and Carson Hobbs. I think that would be a tremendous, tremendous three-man class. But as of right now, just don't know if I would say it's necessarily likely. We had another question from Matt McCarthy said, with Notre Dame stacking top 10 quarterbacks and the way they're recruiting well at wide receiver and cornerback, thanks to Chancey Stuckey and Mike Mickens, is that the blueprint for how they break through and win a national championship? I think it's definitely part of it, Matt. It is. Yes. I, I think that those are because what are the positions that Notre Dame always recruits? Well, offensive line, Tight ends, running backs for the most part, defensive line for the most part. I mean, Notre Dame has recruited those positions really well. Quarterback, I think I would say it's more a bit of a development issue. But regardless, adding talented quarterbacks is always paramount. Wide receivers and cornerback recruiting at times have been an issue. It's been a little bit of an issue. So I look at those positions and say, yes, I think that that is the big recipe for Notre Dame taking it to the next level. The position that you have had some weakness on in past from a recruiting perspective, if you're able to turn that out, turn it and cut the gap. If you're able to cut the gap between what's the great, you know, the Ohio States and Alabama's at the wide receiver position, for instance, cornerback recruit, you know, defense back recruiting, cornerback recruiting, That Ohio State and LSU and those types of schools have done in the past, then you're closing the gap on them. Because honestly, I I think back to the 2020 game for me from Notre Dame when we played, when Notre Dame played Alabama in the playoff. I didn't think that Alabama had a big advantage in the trenches. I didn't. I think Notre Dame's offensive and defensive lines played pretty good in that football game. I think the biggest advantages, outside of quarterback, but the biggest advantages that that Alabama had in that football game, in my opinion, was on the perimeter. I mean, like Notre Dame just was not able to withstand Devonta Smith and be able to make plays in space enough. Like they just weren't able to do it. So yes, cornerback recruiting is something that's taken an uptick, and I think New Dame needs to continue to bolster that position. Quarterbacks, obviously, outside pass rushers. And that goes to most spots oh, Matt, as far as, like, what is the recipe for success? The recipe for success is to make the, the most important positions the strongest. And Notre Dame is always going to be offensive line. But what are the premier positions? The premier positions mm-hmm. on a football field, in today's game anyway, quarterback, cornerback, wide receiver. Outside pass rushers, those four, they matter. They matter so much. And I think that Notre Dame, closing the gaps in those areas, I think will definitely help to close that gap and to take you to the next level. So to your question, quarterbacks, wide receivers, cornerbacks, I think that that is part of the recipe. It's not the only part of the recipe, but I think it's a major aspect. I would 100% agree. We had another one, another question. This was from Chan Boats, who says, IB, how do you think the Notre Dame coaching staff compares to Ohio State? That's another question that we'll kind of dig into more because that's like the biggest thing about matchups is that it's not just about a player-to-player matchup or position-to-position matchup. It's also about coaching matchups. I mean, I talked about that a lot against NC State where you know Al Golden need to have a great game plan against Robert and I. Where I, you know, Jared Parker didn't have a great game plan against Tony Gibson. Like those matchups matter tremendously from the coaching perspective. I think for me, Ryan Day is obviously the more he's been a head coach longer. He's had more success because of that. We'll see, obviously, as Marcus Freeman continues to develop and he gets to that, that, that data sets right like you need a a resume in order to be able to compare those two but i think notre dame's coaching staff is is right in that conversation with theirs i mean that's yeah because i look at it and i say jared parker i think has proven a lot of doubters wrong so far He's looked very good throughout the first four games al golden although i did not like the game plan that al golden had in the entirety against central michigan Defense has been pretty good uh, for the most part, you know? It's been pretty good. I think that Notre Dame's got some really good coaches on this staff. I think Ohio State's got some really good coaches. I think it's going to come down to, again, Ryan Day versus Al Golden, offensive coordinator versus defensive coordinator. Well, I should say play caller versus defense coordinator, whatever. And then it's going to come down to Jared Parker versus Jim Knowles. Those things are going to matter tremendously. So, I really think that coaching is going to be a big layer of this conversation this week, Chenbo. And I think Notre Dame can definitely compete in those areas. I do not think it's a throwaway. And uh, yeah, I know Al Golden worries a lot of people. And I get it, guys. The live by the sword, die by the sword. And that's what the blitz is right now for Al Golden. But we can't discount that there's been some good stuff on defensive film. And it's not just a talent, it's not purely a talent perspective. I thought the game plan against NC State was fantastic. I did. I thought there were adjustments, but I thought that more than anything, like they really pressured a quarterback, did not handle pressure well. So I, I think that it, it is about being consistent on a week to week basis, but there's been a lot of good things defensively. In my opinion, I don't think it's been all bad and we should fire out golden and everything that people are saying in the chat, you know, from a week to week basis, but yeah, it's a good player, man. Uh, good. He's a good coach. And I think that he has a chance to have a big day against very good offensive mind Ryan Day but we shall see we'll see you in a few days mark Avalone says seems odd to me how notre dame and usc are very different programs but seem to have um, seem to attract different types of players but it appears they compete for same players how is that sorry mark I'm, uh, let me reread that one more time cuz i'm a little confused by what you're asking Zach. seems odd to me how notre dame and usc are very different programs seems that Attract different oh sorry so it seems that that would detract different types of players but it appears they compete for same players how is that i mean how many players have they really competed head-to-head for over the last two cycles i mean when you really think about it i mean aside from kingston villiano there haven't been a ton that like it was a notre dame versus usc battle was usc involved with some notre dame recruits that they were targeting sure but i mean for the most part the only players that, that really matters for is the West coast kids that USC is targeting. Right. Cause there's a national perspective and national relevance there. So uh, Mark, I mean, if there's other examples you want to give to me, like, but like outside of like Kingston, it's like, I mean, I guess Peyton Woodyard was pretty high on both schools at one point before going to Georgia and then flipping Alabama. Right. But I mean, other than that, I wouldn't say there's been like a ton of, one-to-one battles over the last couple years. I mean, maybe historically we can have that conversation, but for me, it's, you know, I I think that Notre Dame and USC have only really attracted California kids for the most part or West Coast kids. Like, I, I just don't think that that's as prevalent. Prevalent, excuse me. Can't speak. We had another question from... DM and 13. What's up, Dan? How does Deuce Knight being officially committed affect how big it is for him to be on campus this week for other recruits on campus too. You asked this before I went into the second se- section, Dan. So I wanted to, you know, still kind of put it up there, but I think it's massive, man. I talked about it in my second section. If anybody missed that, you should kind of rewind this podcast, but I think it's got regional impact. I think it's got national impact. And I think that it's big just for the recruiting aspect of things, right? Attracting players, For a big-time quarterback on campus, I think it's very, very important. So it's big-time, I would say. Brian Hockney was bringing up his chats. I'm sorry. Brian Hockney says, who was the last big recruit we landed from Mississippi? So there was a cornerback a couple years ago that committed to Notre Dame. I can't remember the guy's name. It wasn't Landon Bartleson. That was the kid that got kicked off. I can't remember the kid's name. I can try to find it in a second here, but – so Notre Dame signed a cornerback in the 2019 class out of the state of, out of the state of Mississippi before that they hadn't signed a commit out of the state of Mississippi or a recruit out of Mississippi since 1996. They did it in back-to-back classes, 95 and 96. Jarius Jackson was the last probably guys that I would say was a big time recruit out of the state of Mississippi. Obviously he was a very, yeah. Caleb offer. Thanks, John. Yeah, so Caleb Alford was the was the cornerback that they got in the 2019 class out of the state of Mississippi. Before that, they hadn't signed someone since 1996, so that has been a long time. Obviously, I mean, we're talking about three players since 1995 that have come out of the state of Mississippi, but before 2019 and Caleb Alford, they hadn't gotten a guy since 1996, so it, it had been a long time. So uh, I would say, but the biggest thing for me is that you know, like Caleb Alford, you know, was. A three-star cornerback coming out of State of Mississippi that had tools to work with. He wasn't a big-time guy. To your question, Brian, the big-time guy was dating back to the late '90s when you got a guy like a you know uh, Jarius Jackson. Like that was the last big guy from State of Mississippi. That's why this is so big. It's 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 outside of just talented quarterback, you know, with a big ranking in the class. It's for me that you got a player that you haven't had a ton of success in that area. in a a long time right i mean and and i don't think mississippi is going to be a spot that Notre Dame makes a living off of but they maybe could tap into it more frequently now that you have a quarterback that's coming out of there i mean it's going to make it more prevalent not even from just the southeast perspective but from the mississippi perspective there's ever a guy like that as well so yeah i mean it's been a very long time to the question great question though next question is from John Marinich, who says, How active a recruiter will Deuce be for us? I've already seen it, John. Go on Twitter. If you're on Twitter or X or whatever the heck the kids are calling it these days, Deuce is gonna be a big time recruiter. He's like a subtle kid. I he he talks, but like he's he's kind of a a reserved kid, is how I would kind of phrase it. But again, six five, quarter, six four and a half, six five quarterback, southern kid, big ranking. That's going to attract a lot of players. And then you tap into also that he's a he's a funny kid. He's got a good personality. I think it's going to attract a lot of players, and I think that he is going to recruit his butt off. I And I think that that's a big reason why he's coming this weekend. I think that makes a lot of sense. We had another question from Rob M. It says, do you think recruiting will take off in the cycle now, Brian? I was sweating defense more, to be honest. Uh, so, obviously, I know you phrased this for, for Brian, Rob, so I don't know if you want to ask him a little bit later in the week. But for me, like, it, it, you you were in a little bit of a lull as far as you got Nate Roberts, Dave, well, you got David Dixon super early, then you got Nate Roberts, which was a great get, and then obviously he ends up decommitting. You got Justin Thurman in the class, but you've been in a really good position with a bunch of recruits for Notre Dame. Uh, I mean, I, I talked about Owen Streebig, I talked about James Flanagan, Creed Thomas on the defensive side of the football, Ivan Taylor, like you're in a good spot for it with a lot of dudes in 2025 class, but there have been a lull, obviously, in guys pulling the trigger as often in 2025. So I think that this could be a, a starting point for or the next step of getting some guys to pop, maybe even this weekend. Like there's a couple kids that if they pop this weekend, I would not be surprised at all in the 2025 class. So I think that this can now kind of jumpstart things, Rob. I still have my concerns about, you know, a couple spots, you know, like defensive line recruiting. I think there's still some questions I have linebacker recruiting. I feel okay about, but it's, you know, about, you know, really pushing for a couple of the top guys, there's some concerns still, but there's a lot of good happening in 2025 behind the scenes. So I really think that Notre Dame is going to make a big step here as they get their five, you know, four star with five star upside quarterback in deuce Knight. But it's a great question. Michael Johnson says, can we flip other wide receivers and tight ends? Michael, I would say this because I assume this is talking about 2024. It's possible. Yes. I think that Notre Dame, is going to do their homework at wide receiver. I think they're going to do homework at tight ends. I do. So is it possible? Yes, it's possible. Who exactly are those guys? That's another conversation point, and I'm sure that we'll have a deeper conversation about that in the future. But yes, I do think it's possible to your question. We had a question from Nathan Milton who says, does Deuce Knight have the talent to be a generational player? Yes. I mean, I mean, in a vacuum, yes, Nathan. I mean, he's, again, he's going to be, in my opinion, Six four and a and a 6'5", 225 pounds, has a strong arm, one of the strongest arms in the 2025 class, but just in general. Really good athlete as well. All the talent there to be that type of kid. But I think the, the generational thing is tough sometimes. I mean, because you ask me, does he have the talent to be generational? Yes, he has the talent to be generational. But there's a lot more that goes into being a generational player than just the talents, especially at the quarterback position. Was Trevor Lawrence a generational player just because of physical traits? No, it was because he had leadership qualities. He was also smart. Like A lot of things go into it, especially at the quarterback position, of being a generational player. So talent-wise, is Deuce Knight potentially generational? Could he become a generational player based upon talent? Yes, I would say that. But if he does become it, it's going to be because of a lot of other factors too. It's not just going to be because he's big and strong and fast. It's going to be also because he's a great leader. He has a great head on his shoulders. Could he show that? Could he be that? I think he can, but I think that it's it's a, it goes a lot further from just talents. So I hope that makes sense. It's a little bit more of a full package conversation for me. We had another question from DM thirteen uh, ND thirteen. Thank you so much. When is the last time the first three commits in the in the class were all from the south and even southeast? Florida, Florida, Mississippi isn't normal for Notre Dame. Even the decommit was in the South too. Dan, I mean, I, I was literally trying to like rack my brain about it. I really like it it's it's tough, right? It's tough because it hasn't happened often, if ever. I am probably going to be that weirdo that does the uh, does the research to try to find out the answer. I'm sure it's happened. I'm sure it's happened, but it definitely hasn't happened recently. No chance it's happened recently. I mean, I'm trying to think back to, so like 2024, you obviously CJ Carr. Well, actually your first commit in that class was Bre- Brandon Davis Swain, who's a Michigan guy. So you got a couple of Michigan guys. You got a l- lot of Midwest and Northern guys, a lot of Midwest and Northern guys. 2023, the early guys were Brendan Vernon, Ohio, right? You got Keon Keeley as one early guy in that class as well. But the first three guys being Southeastern guys, it's got to be a long time man. It has to be. I, I don't know the answer to that one, though. But I trust me, I will find out because I'm a weirdo who will do a lot of research before bed. It's going to happen. But it's definitely been a long time. I would say that very, very strongly that it's been a long time. From Ty C, who says, Brian and Ryan, just Ryan now, does Deuce's, Deuce Knight's skill set match the current offensive scheme or will the coach and the staff need to make changes to take advantage of his skill set? I don't change. I wouldn't say change, right? There are things in the offense that Notre Dame can definitely employ with Deuce Knights. I think of like the RPO action. The RPO action, ability to work working for play action, heavy run game, like he can do that stuff. Working vertically, he could definitely do that stuff. I think there's a lot of aspects to this offense that Deuce Knight can run and run very well. But for me, it's like, it's all about wrinkles to the offense. There's going to be some things that I think you do more with Deuce Knight than you'll do with CJ Carr, for instance, with Sam Hartman, for instance, for with Kenny Minchie, for instance. Like, there's just different things. Like, maybe I'm going to move the pocket more. Maybe I'm going to You know a little bit more RPO action because of his ability as a runner. You know you run the the zone read stuff off of the run action. Like there is a lot. I think there's just more things that you can that you're going to try that maybe you necessarily wouldn't try necessarily. But I don't think you have to change your offense, right? I don't. I don't think. I don't think that you have to necessarily change what you're doing. It's just about adding some different wrinkles that take advantage of his skill set
2: completely. From
1: 99 problems of BK1. What's up, 99 problems? Brian and Ryan, not ranking them, but how do you, how do Dante Moore, CJ Carr, and Deuce Knight compare in terms of ceilings? I ask about those three because they are arguably the top quarterbacks in each class. Very good question. Ceiling wise, if I had to rank CJ Carr, Dante Moore, and Deuce Knight, number one would be Deuce Knight. I think that he has every tool to be fantastic if developed properly. Next would be Dante Moore for me. I think Dante just physically, I'm just from a passing perspective, I just think he's got a little bit more juice than CJ and just a slightly more upside. It's not like by a landslide or anything, so don't get me wrong there. And I think CJ is number three. But CJ, number three is him being also very good and having a high ceiling, right? But Deuce Knight, I think, just brings special traits to the table. I think Dante brings a lot of special stuff as well to the table. CJ does as well. It's just in a little bit of a different package with CJ, a little bit of a different skill set. So I would go Deuce Knight, Dante Moore, CJ Carr. That would be my list. But it's a it's a good one, man. It's, it's, it's a great question because, again, the floors matter so much in these conversations because if you ask me whose floors are the highest, I would probably say, man, actually – Dante and CJ would be fighting for me for the floor conversation. I might even give CJ a slight edge over him. But, like, if you had Dante Moore as your highest floor quarterback, I wouldn't say anything to you. If you had CJ, I wouldn't say anything to you. I really think it's neck and neck. And then there's a significant tear break, and then there's Deuce Knight. right? That That's the difference for me. That's the difference. Next question is from Keith Wiggins to compare – Malik Zaire to Deuce Knights. Well, Deuce is significantly taller. Malik was six foot six one, somewhere in that ballpark. I think he was maybe like six foot and a half. Deuce Knight is a legitimate six four and a half, might be six five for it all said and done. So he's taller. He's got a a skinnier frame than Malik. Malik was a dense dude. Like the, Malik was pretty strong, right, as a runner. So Malik was a little bit denser. I think. Obviously, they're lefties, so that's a comparison. I guess you can make. I think Malik's release was a little bit longer than Deuce's but I think they both had very strong arms and they both excelled at pushing the ball vertically so I think that's the biggest I think arm wise they have some similarities but body type I think they're a little bit different and I also think Malik was a really good athlete but Malik was more of that good straight line speed but strong athlete right he could do some of the quarterback run stuff Deuce could do quarterback run stuff as well but it's going to look a little bit different right like he's more like a sleek long strider that's going to chew up grass. That's more of how he wins as a runner. So for me personally, I just think that there's a little bit of differences, but I think the the, po- the similarities is outside of them being lefties is I think they both have strong arms and generate a lot of velocity. That's what I would say is the biggest similarities between Malik and Deuce. But Deuce obviously is a much different body type and a little bit of a different athlete. And not necessarily better athlete, just different athlete than Malik Zaire. We had another question. Was from T. Smith 323 Says me living in Ohio, should I should I just bunker down now, just in case Ohio State fans come after me on Sunday? Hey, sir, you don't bunker down, man. You don't bunker down. You flash those Notre Dame colors and you wear them with pride. If Notre Dame wins this football game this weekend, and if they don't, you still wear them with pride. But if you wear them, you talk some trash while also wearing them with pride. All right, so don't be scared. Smith don't be scared man get some friends celebrate if Notre Dame wins this weekend we had another question that was from hold my shillelagh who said am I right or wrong in thinking that the best thing for the quarterback room moving forward would be for Kenny Minchie to start next year it's interesting I mean would it be best for Notre Dame if Kenny Minchie was a starting quarterback next year I think that I would say, would it be best? I, I, well, I'm going to say yes. And the reason I say yes is because CJ is going to be a true freshman. I'm a big believer that you don't force true freshmen on the field of quarterback unless they're 100% ready. He might be, so it might be a moot point. But – If Kenny Menchie is ready to start and and Notre Dame is comfortable with him as a registered freshman, I think that says a lot to the development at quarterback for Notre Dame in 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 the program currently. So I think that would actually be a great sign. I also think that if you have to go back to the portal, that means that you probably weren't happy with how some players developed or you lost a player in the class or a quarterback from the room, I should say, excuse me. But I think for me, would it be would it be the best possible outcome? I, I would say yes, because it would be you develop a really talented quarterback best, and then you still have CJ, you still have Steve Angel. I mean, sorry, you still have um, yeah, you still have CJ Carr, you still have Kenny Minchie. I mean still have Steve Jelly. Sorry, I'm mixing up my words terribly. And then after that, you're also going to get a player like a deuce knight that's gonna come in as well. So I I I think that would maybe be best, but that's best as in the where the program wants to get to. I think the program, in theory, would like to just develop quarterbacks from within and keep rolling them out that way. If there's another great quarterback, though, that's in the portal that says, like, I want to come play for Notre Dame for a year, am I going to say no? Absolutely not. And does that mean that it's not best for the program? Not necessarily, but I do think regulating the quarterback position to developing it properly would be big for Notre Dame. I do so. Yeah, I think that there's merit to both sides, but I think that it would be very beneficial, for sure. We had another question from back up who says, "Do y'all think the defense is better or worse than last year?" Notre Dames, I think it's better. 100%. I yeah, it's better than last year in my opinion. We'll see against Ohio State if if it's if it is for sure and if if it is, if it's significantly better, but yeah, I think it's better. 100%. Look, I know that they didn't play great against Central Michigan, but it's been a lot of good, man. You let up six total points in the first two games. Again, I know it wasn't against a great competition, but then you had a great game plan against NC State. A great game plan. So, yeah, I think the defense is better than last year. I mean, it's basically all the same players outside of Isaiah Foskey a year older in the system. So, yeah, I think the defense is better. I think it's going to be better. I think that they are a year older, a year mature, and they are playing a little bit faster. than They were, 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 were in their entirety. And yeah, so yeah, I think I think the defense is better. We had oh, we already pulled up Isaac's question. Isaac, I just gave you a double super chat there, man. Congratulations there, Wicked Bronco Productions with the super chat. Thank you so much, Wicked. Deuce reminds me so much of a bigger Lamar Jackson. I think he will help us more pull more elite talent out of the SEC country. Any chance with the news? Uh, Justin Scott, Caleb Beasley, and Carter Nelson visit for the Ohio State game. I know Knight is friends with K. Be so uh, wicked. Uh, one Lamar, I think that's going to be someone that pr- he probably gets compared to a little bit just because of the frame and uh dual threat ability. I don't necessarily see that a hundred percent. I think they're a little bit different of players. But uh, thank you for the super chat on that side. Any chance? I already talked about it. Like, would it surprise me if Caleb Beasley came this weekend? No, not necessarily. I just, I just wouldn't get my hopes up if he does is all I'll put it at Justin Scott. I, I would be surprised if he even visits, to be honest, I would be very surprised if Justin Scott makes the trip to Notre Dame. So I, I just don't see that one happening. Caleb Beasley is definitely more likely Carter Nelson. We'll, we'll see, right. We'll see if, if Notre Dame is able to get him to campus and if they're able to, to make headway there, I know they're obviously been keeping in touch with him and all that. So We'll see if if progress is made there. But as of right now, none of those guys have solidified visits. But I know Notre Dame obviously is is working on some stuff. So we'll see if that happens or not. But nothing is solidified as of today. We had a super chat from Irish42. Thank you so much. What is your realistic stat line this weekend on both sides of the ball? Uh, Stat line. uh, Irish42, if you're in the chat, what do you mean by stat line? Am I talking about a specific player? am i talking about uh, what the score projection is I'm, I'm just i'm a little i i just want to know what you mean by my stat line are you talking about just team totals i mean there's a lot that i can go there right i, I can go from players i can go from team perspective score perspective i think your game has a very good chance to win now i'm not going to say a score yet because we do our score projections by the end of the week but I think that Notre Dame has a, a very good chance to win. The, the over/under, I mean, because I, I just saw Jaded Clay say over/under. I think the over/under was in the fifties, if I remember correctly, as far as what it opened up as. I know what Ohio State's three-point favorites or whatever. I mean, we'll see if, if that dwindles down a little bit going towards the towards the weekend. But I mean. I think it's just too early for me to even predict what team totals will be and that type of stuff. And I'm definitely not giving you a, a, a score prediction yet, sir, if that's what you're looking for. Okay. Just let's just, yeah. Uh, okay. I'm sorry. So Iris 42 just said yards, touchdown, points allowed, picks, Sam Hartman stats, Audrey's. Man, that's a lot. That's a lot for a super chat, man. Oh, I'm not going to give you points. Uh, I'm not going to give you points allowed because that would hurts my yeah 52 over under I think is correct I'm not going to give you points allowed because that's going to ruin my score prediction for the end of the week now I'm not look look, I will honor this super chat later in the week Irish 42 you're just going to make me give you too much information you're going to make me give you too much information early on in this week we'll talk about game balls where we predict stats we'll talk about score predictions. We'll talk about keys to victory. All that stuff's a part of it, right? I predict, and breaking news here, I guess, I predict Notre Dame wins this football game. That's that's my prediction as of right now. That's the only prediction I'm giving you, though, sir, but trust me. We'll talk about all that, and we will make sure to honor this Super Chat. But I do appreciate you very much, sir. Jason, I, I can't. I, I'm not going to blow this, man. I'm not going to blow this. This is a big week for us, all right? It's a big week, and I'm not going to give you all too much information on a Monday, okay? Not going to do that, sir. Not going to do that. Respect it. Respect the process. But thank you so much for the Super Chat, Irish. I'm sorry that that was a big disappointment for you. My apologies. Uh, Rob good. crazy question. With him being a lefty, does this mean Notre Dame needs to recruit offensive linemen accordingly, meaning right tackle is the blind side? It's a great question and an understandable question, Rob. My answer is no, though, because... I believe that the, the the difference between left tackle and right tackle have dwindled over the years. It's no longer a situation where you need a great left tackle and your right tackle can just be not good and you can figure it out and he could just be a big bruising guy and you just figure it out that way. You need both guys to excel in both areas to be a complete offense, in my opinion, nowadays. And I also think that that's a situation that you – like. If there's like, so let's say this for instance, I'm going to give you an example instead because I think it'll illustrate it a little better. If Deuce Knight was on the team in 2023 where you had Joe Walt and you had Blake Fisher, for instance, right? And he's your starting quarterback. Would I consider moving Joe Walt over to right tackle? I would. Because I just think that Joe Walt is. I think Blake Fisher is a good offensive lineman, but I think Joe Walt is substantially better as of right now as an offensive lineman than Blake Fisher. So would I consider it in that instance. Yes, in this situation. But in theory, you want both offensive tackles to be very good. So I don't think that you necessarily recruit to it. I don't think that you're going to push for that like situation, but if there's a situation but if you come into a point in, in your Notre Dame in Notre Dame's career where Deuce Knight is a starting quarterback and you have two offensive tackles that are one is significantly better than the other, when I Th- would I think about flipping over to right tackle and vice versa because of the importance of the blind side? I would. I would consider it. But as of today, I don't think I would make any rash decisions in that area. But it's a great question. Great question. Very understandable question and a thought-provoking question too, which is always good. We had a question from Ben Tarnowski who says, Really excited about this commitment, quarterback recruiting, trending in a huge direction. My only question I've heard it's different, weird to catch from a left. Is this true? Does it impact wide receiver commits? Uh, We talked about this a little bit earlier, Ben, and thank you for the chat, but it's just about the spin of the football, right? It's like if I'm actually not, it's a bad comparison. It's just about the spin of the football and how a football is going to come in, and just kind of your angle of anticipation, if that makes sense, right? So, does it change things a little bit? Yes, but I just think it's a repetition thing. I don't think it like completely alters how you play football necessarily. It's just an adjustment that needs to happen. It, is, there's, but there is a little bit of an adjustment that does need to happen. I don't think it affects wide receiver recruiting though, because honestly, I don't think wide receivers, especially high school kids worry about that right like I, I don't think that they do they just think you know put the ball in my vicinity i'll catch the football and make plays so i don't think it's going to affect quarterback wide receiver recruiting it's just going to be something that when deuce is the guy you're going to really have to focus on reps reps of just kind of the subtle differences between a righty and a lefty we had andre tonsil who says not in my wildest dreams that I would ever think a quarterback room would be so talented. Now, what defensive players are going to pay more attention just because there's a chance to win a championship? And yeah, I think that's where the impact goes, Andre. I don't think it's just wide receivers. I don't think it's just offensive linemen. I don't think it's just skill position. I don't think it's just offensive players in general. I don't think so. I think that it extends in the entirety of recruiting. Because Brian Brian talked about Swamp Kings. I remember Brandon Spikes was one of the guys that was like, "Oh, the minute they had Tebow, I was like, I was Florida. It was it that that everyone wants to play with a great quarterback because as a defensive player, you want an offense to get ahead by a lot so you can pin your ear back and make a lot of plays and be aggressive, right? So you want to win ultimately. You want to play aggressively, and I think that's what quarterbacks bring to the table. So yes, I would agree there. We had Keith Wigan who says. Who is the first wide receiver in the 2025 class to commit now? Um, For me, of the targets that Notre Dame is pushing for, I would say the most likely guy to commit first as of today because this is a group of Taylon Taylor is a guy Notre Dame really likes. Derek Meadows, a player Notre Dame likes, really likes – Jerome Bettis Jr. is a player that Notre Dame likes. I think Cooper Perry is a player Notre Dame likes. Quincy Porter is a player Notre Dame likes. I would say out of those players, I I would say Derek Meadows is probably the most likely person to commit first and make a decision. Then Jerome Bettis Jr. I mean, like Derek Meadows or Jerome Bettis Jr. would be my pick as far as like which wide receivers are probably going to make a college decision the quickest. Taylor Taylor, as of now, is not in a, in a rush. He wants to take his official visits and all that type of stuff. So we'll see as as that trends. But I think Derek Meadows, Derek Meadows has said this to me completely, and Jerome Best Jr. has, in different words, of when it happens, it happens type of situation. So those would be the two guys that I would I would predict would be those players. We had Adam Ziliak who said, "How good was the recruiting strategy by Notre Dame with the Deuce recruitment? It was great. I mean, it really was." We, we, we Brian hit on it a little bit, but just kind of recap a little bit of some of the things that happened. So Notre Dame was in a really good spot with Deuce Knight. I've been talking about that for months. Notre Dame in Tennessee, it was kind of that. That was the battle. Originally, Deuce Knight wanted to make a commitment during the season. That got extended, and his reasoning for that extension was. He wanted to go to some games and see games, but obviously that that ended up not really happening quite the way he laid out. But regardless, the recruitment got extended into the fall. Once it got extended, Notre Dame, I think, was was very smart and wise, being ahead of the curve of let's make sure there's other quarterbacks out there that we really like, and they came obviously across Bear Bachmeyer. Who is a player that Notre Dame liked a lot? And if Notre Dame wanted, if Bear Bachmeyer wanted to commit to Notre Dame, and Deuce Knight did not, they would have 100% taken Bear Bachmeyer. Or uh, I should rephrase: If Deuce Knight wanted to keep letting the process play out, and Bear Bachmeyer wanted to commit, Notre Dame would have taken a commitment from Bear Bachmeyer. There's no doubt about that. But I think that the smart thing that that Notre Dame did was that. They were honest about that, right? Like that's out in the open of like Bears coming to campus, and Bears is a player we like, and we will take him. And, and I think that that really did kind of make that process pick up a little bit and make it go a little bit quicker. So I think that they did a tremendous job of doing their due diligence, make sure there was another quarterback in this class that they really wanted, but also kind of put it into Deuce Knight's court, like, hey, man, like we love you, but like we need to make sure we get a really good quarterback in this class, and we hope it's you but we need to make sure we have one. So I think that they did a tremendous job. Uh, to your question, Adam, I, I think that that was a really good strategy by Notre Dame in this one. We had a super chat here from Lucky Ducks512 who says, now that we have our quarterbacks for 2025, who are your top three on the board overall for Notre Dame? I'm, I didn't read this one before you started. I thought you were going to ask me top three quarterbacks on the 2026 board, and I was about to lose my mind, to be very honest with you, okay? But there's some good ones, but, like, man, I'm not even thinking about that at the moment. Top three – I'll give you a top three on each side that I think are, are paramount players for Notre Dame in the class, okay? We'll go there. Wide receiver, Taylor Taylor. Offensive lineman, Owen Streebig. And wide uh sorry and tight end James Flanagan would be the three that I would pick as of right now that are like, let's get them in the class if we can. Because Talon's a guy they love. game obviously lost a commitment from Nate Roberts to tight end in the class. So James Flanagan has become an even more key member potentially of the 2025 class. And Owen big I think, is an absolute star at offensive tackle. So get those three in the class offensively defensively, I would say defensive line-wise, Christopher Burgess is a guy out of the state of Illinois who will be on campus this weekend for the Ohio State game. That would be a big-time player for me. Defensive back-wise, like, I mean, I, I don't think I could just pick one, honestly. Like, I mean, if they ended up with Ivan Taylor, Jadon Blair, Ethan Long, like any combination of of those types of players that are on the board, I mean – Kendall Daniels, like there's so many good safeties on the board. I don't think I can necessarily pick just one there. Cornerback, again, you have Dallas Golden on the board. You have have Devin Williams on the board. You have uh, Dorian Brew on the board. You have Creed Thomas on the board. I would say for me, get whatever best corner you can get in this class, get Anthony Sackett at linebacker. And then Christopher Burgess at defensive ends. Those would be a few of the players that I think are premier players that Notre Dame really wants in this class, potentially. But thank you so much, Lucky Ducks, for not asking me about 2026 quarterbacks. I appreciate you, sir. Yeah. Hey, man, I've been asked before about, like, classes two years in advance. So I appreciate you, man. Really do. Very much. All right. We had another super chat. This one was from... Matt, 2011 GT. Thank you so much for the super chat, Matt. Appreciate it very much, man. In your opinion, what position needs the most attention in 2025? Based upon where they are today, I would say defensive line needs the most attention for me. I think safety is in a very good spot for several guys. I think cornerback will be just fine. I think linebacker will end up being just fine. Defensive line, I have a couple question marks. I think that defensive line needs some attention for sure. I think offensive line, and I feel really good about where Notre Dame is with several guys. If you're good where they are with James Flanagan at tight end in 2025, and I think wide receivers will figure itself out. You already have your quarterback. You have a running back in the class as well. I think defensive line is the spot that I say let's get some clarity on what players are trending to Notre Dame and what players were are pushing for. That is the position for me, Matt, that I have not the most concerns, but I think that needs the most attention moving forward to your question. And hopefully I, I took that one in the right direction that you were intending it to, but it was a great question regardless. And Anthony Sack is a very large human. You are, you are correct. I would a hundred percent agree with that. Next question is from Brent Smith. who says Al golden may continue to send his linebackers and safeties on too many blitzes, rush four, and play coverage and use the blitz fires when the timing calls for the situation. Any thoughts, Ryan, Brent, I, I have a lot of thoughts about it, man, because it's it's a double edged sword. It is. I called defenses before, and I was a guy that did not want to blitz much, right? Like I only blitz, I blitzed when it was more a necessity than not. As a defense coordinator, most of the time you would rather not blitz if you didn't have to. I mean, if you were good enough to just line up and just be a little bit diverse with what you're showing up front and the secondary, like that stuff usually wins a lot. Al Golden is clearly very comfortable with being an aggressive style defensive coordinator. There are two ways that that could go. One is it is very organized. Think Brett Venable's defense at Clemson. Or it is not. Think Alex Grinch at USC. There's gap on soundness in Alex Grinch' defense, but in Brett Venable's, they maintain pretty good leverage and discipline for the most part, but they are super aggressive. I think that that defense could work, but you have to be consistent with it, man. The, the worst thing that could happen is there's confusion. A linebacker hits the wrong gap. You have two guys in one gap, and it's a house call for six. So there's more volatility to that style, a lot more volatility. You're more you're – more, you could let up a lot more big plays in that scenario, in my opinion, than if you were a little bit more of a – I don't want to call it passive, but like a, a little bit more of a reserved defense, I guess. Uh, a team that's a little bit more like let's keep things in front of us and not give up big plays and not be overly aggressive on the second level. So the volatility is there. I'm okay with it against certain teams. I think that it will come back to haunt Notre Dame at some points as far as letting up a big play or maybe in a big moment. So I'm not necessarily on board with it, but it's the reality we live in. And the reality is, is if that if Notre Dame is well coached and consistent with it, it can be successful. But you are putting yourselves in some bad situations if you are not consistent. If you're not consistent, then you could be in some very tough situations. So that's kind of my thoughts on that. It's a great question, though, man. I, and I completely under—I completely get the hesitation with it. I completely do, Bobby. Yes, I just got on here. Any news or updates on the surprise recruit expected to visit Saturday? Bobby, who is reporting that? Can you can you tell me? Like, if you want to message me on Twitter at Rise and Draft, if you want to put something in the chat, I'd very much appreciate that. Uh, Notre Dame, uh, Notre Dame is doing their due diligence to get a lot of really talented recruits on campus. I will say this: that there's forget it. I'm not even going to say that. But um, I, I would actually like to know who's reporting that, though. If you if you wouldn't mind, no, no, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to bash anyone. I'm just more. Curious than anything. So if you want to drop me a DM or if you want to drop me, okay, got it, got it. Someone just put it in the chat. I guess I'm not overly surprised at that one. So, yeah. Well, keep updates. If there are any surprise visitors, we'll let you know when the surprise visitors are there. Okay? Thank you very much. We had Bobby Essel said, Gerby committing this week would be an add another huge boost. Any chance was his plan to get the hype energy for Ohio State? I don't think that that was his plan, Bobby. Like, if you're asking me, would that be his plan? I don't. I wouldn't buy that. I think Gerby is just like. I think he's marching the beat of Gerby's drum, man. I still think Notre Dame is ultimately probably going to win that one. I think that they're in a very good spot with him. Just we'll see when it happens. Right? I, I I I don't think that it's necessarily like a tactical thing to like upset Ohio State, though. I don't. I just think that Gerby is just going to make a decision when Gerby wants to which it's his decision, so he can do that if he wants. So, yeah. We had a question for – another question for Bobby S. Bobby, had a lot of great questions here, man. You know a lot of great questions. Let me sure that. miss anything in the chats. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Big Jim, I agree with you about Michael Roski, by the way. He's a very talented player. Bobby S. says, over, under, commits the next three weeks from 2024, 2025, last two and a half. I'm going to say public commits under two and a half over the next three weeks. Would I be shocked if it was over three silent commits? Wouldn't be shocked. Wouldn't be shocked. But I would say under three, under two and a half for public commits, which obviously is I think more pertinent to this conversation. We had our next question was from jaded clay who says, should Jalen Sneed be benched after his performance at Central Michigan? No, I don't think he should be benched. I think that Jalen Sneed, Sneed needs to play football. And he made some good plays. He made some puzzling ones. He made he had a couple missed tackles. I get it. But that kid needs to play, man. So I, I want him to play. I want him to play. There's this big push by a lot of people. Young kids make mistakes. Throw them on the bench. Never see them from again. I'm a big believer in fix it. And let the kid learn, all right? So let the kid learn is where I am with that one. We had another question. I think we're running down to the end here. If anybody wants to throw in a couple last-minute questions, please feel free so to do. Bubatist. wait, Buddha, Bub, I don't know, live. My apologies. Please put it in the chat, the pronunciation on this one. My apologies. Ryan, what do you think the percentage of fans in the stadium between Notre Dame Ohio State on Saturday? Uh, I mean, I think it'll probably be fifty-five, forty-five Notre Dame. In reality, I hope it's closer to 60-40. I mean, I hope. I, I I still don't have a tremendous. I don't have tremendous confidence that Notre Dame is Notre Dame fans are going to show up <laughs> necessarily, right? So I would say 55-45 Notre Dame split, but I hope it's at least 60-40 Notre Dame. I really do, man. It's a big game, guys. If you all have tickets out there, go to the game. Don't sell them, please. Go to the game. I I I, I plead with you. Please go to the game. Go to the game this Saturday. All right. Let me check the chat to make sure there weren't a couple of mass minute questions because otherwise, I think I have one more question to answer. Uh, Matt, I'm not answering that question. That's a good way to get blocked, though, man. It's a good way to get blocked, no doubt about it. And uh, this might be the last question. We'll see if anybody throws anything last minute. Bobby S says, what's your realistic 2025 offensive, offensive line preference? Would Rowan Byrne from New York be a take for you? He would be, Bobby. For me, the ideal off- at Notre Dame offensive line would be a four-man class, a four-man class of Owen Striebig, Rowan Byrne, Matty Augustine, and one of Will Black or Michael Roski. I would be a very happy camper. I know people are going to ask about David Sanders. When David Sanders chooses to visit Notre Dame, then we can start talking about David Sanders. Josh Petty is a guy that I love. I would love Josh Petty in the class, but again, once Josh Petty decides to visit Notre Dame, then we can have a conversation about him. But as of right now, of the players that are interested in Notre Dame, which are some really good ones, that would be my ideal. would be Owen Strebig, Rowan Byrne, Maddie Augustine, and then one of Will Black or Michael Roski. I would be very happy with that four-man class. Very happy. All right, let's double check to make sure we didn't get any more super chats. Any more super chats. And we out. All right, fellas. Hey, before you leave, as Ryan Loftus just said also, let's go Irish. I agree 100%. Let's get rowdy. Let's get nuts. Let's do everything, man. I uh, Yeah, so – before you leave, you can please hit that like button, subscribe to the podcast. It's going to include a Notre Dame recruiting hour for today. We're going to be live every day this week, one o'clock Eastern time, and talk Ohio State, Notre Dame, six o'clock Eastern time every night. IB Nation Sports Talk. I'll also have an extra Notre Dame recruiting hour show during the season. Like button, subscribe to the podcast, hit that notification bell. If you listen to me on your favorite podcast platform, five star review and tell everyone how much you love Ryan Roberts. I would really appreciate that so very, very much. Ivy Nation, talk to you all next, uh, next time here on the Irish Breakdown Podcast. Again, you are joined at the Notre Dame Recruiting Hour. Thank you all so much. Talk to you tomorrow.